Well, hello there, Converge Nation. Pastor Wendy here with some exciting news. 2021 is a milestone year for us. On January 3rd, we turned one year old as Converge, and on March 27th, we will celebrate our 10th year as a church organization. So we have double celebrations to be thankful for. Please mark your calendars for the weekend of March 26th, 27th, and 28th. That's when we're going to celebrate all that God has done for us. We're going to kick off our anniversary celebrations on Friday night, March 26th, with a worship celebration. We'll get you more details about who will be our special guest. On the 27th, we're actually going to have a game night in, a virtual game night all of our family and friends can join in and we'll get you details about that as well and on sunday march 28th we'll have a special guest to culminate our celebration psalm 150 says praise the lord praise him for his mighty deeds praise him according to his excellent greatness and that is exactly what we're going to do so we're going to ask again that you mark your calendar for the last weekend in march and we're going to be celebrating 10 years and one or one in 10, however you arrange it, we are gonna have a great time celebrating together and giving praise to God for his faithfulness toward us. I look forward to seeing you way before the last weekend in March, but if not, I will see you then. For the month of February, we're gonna be starting a new sermon series called This Is Us. We'll be focusing on living a Christ-centered life where Jesus is over every relationship, including marriages, family, and parenting. Make sure to join us as we aim to strengthen each of these relationships. We'd like to thank each of you for your generosity and your financial partnership. We know 2020 was tough, but you remained faithful and we are super thankful for that. And with that, we wanna make sure you have the appropriate tax documents for your giving. You can simply go to your Converge link and go to the My Giving tab to receive your giving statement. Or go to weareconverge.com, go to the menu item Give, then click 2020 Giving Statements. Log in and follow the steps below. Click on My Giving on the left-hand side of the welcome page. Then click Giving Statement at the top right-hand side of the page. Select Giving Statement Type, either individual or family. On individual, it generates one statement for each person in the family that has given during the date range. Family generates a combined statement for the primary contact and spouse and separate statements for any children or other family members. Select a date range. This will determine which transactions to include in the statement based on the post date set for the transactions. Then choose if you'd like only tax deductible transactions, only non-deductible transactions, or both to be included. Choose if you'd like pledge information to be included. Then click Run Report. If you have any questions or issues getting your giving statement, email Converge Accounting at accounting at weareconverge.com. Please note that some workplaces may have security features blocking your ability to get on Converge Link, so you may have to access it at home. Thank you again, and we look forward to a fruitful 2021. Be sure to follow us on social media, at We Are Converge. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can stay up to date with what's going on at Converge.
When 
giants falling, you stand undefeated. Every battle you want, I am who you say I am. Crown me with confidence, I am seated in the heavenly place, undefeated. By the power of your name, I am seated in the heavenly place, undefeated, with the one who has conquered it all. Okay, so many of us have been doing church, well, differently. Sunday mornings have become a bit more casual. Living rooms and coffee shops have become sanctuaries. And fellowship has a new, less personal touch. It hasn't been easy. Yet, here we are, gathering, worshiping, learning, being the church. Now more than ever, we're reminded of a simple truth. The church is not a building. It's the body of Christ. It isn't built with brick and mortar, but with faith and hope. In the midst of uncertainty, our calling remains the same, to share the truth of the gospel with a world God loves. Throughout history, the church has prospered in difficult times, and today is no different. We are still the church. We're just doing things a bit differently. Hey there, Converge Nation. Good morning and welcome to Vision Sunday 2021. I don't know if you can tell, but I am super excited. And just as the video said, we want to be the kind of church that does church differently. We want to be church reimagined. We want to be church redefined. And that's what today is really all about as we cast vision for 2020. Uh, 2021 <laughs> and beyond. Before we dive into the word this morning, let's pray and, uh, and we'll trust God for his guidance and his direction together. Father, we love you. We honor you. We thank you for your precious holy word. Lord, we thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Illuminate our hearts, our minds now. Give us understanding and God, give us clear direction for what we must do both now and what we must do next. We trust you to do that now in the strong name of Jesus. And everyone said amen and amen. Listen, there are two quintessential verses that most pastors reference whenever we talk about vision. One of them is lifted from Habakkuk chapter 2, and the second is lifted from Proverbs chapter 29. In Habakkuk chapter 2, God is responding to uh, uh, Habakkuk's petition. Uh, he's responding to Habakkuk's prayer for understanding and clarity about what's happening in the nation of Israel. And God responds 
with these words to Habakkuk. He says, the problem that you're having right now is a vision problem. I would venture to say that most of the problems we encounter in life, personally, corporately, organizationally, are often vision problems or the lack thereof. So God's response to Habakkuk's prayer is this, Habakkuk chapter two, write the vision and make it plain. Two things. Number one, write it down and make it plain, clearly articulated. There have been countless uh, studies done, research done that suggests that when we write down our goals, when we write down our vision, when we write down our strategies, we're more likely, significantly more likely to accomplish those goals and to take action on those goals. Now, th that principle is not anything new. In fact, it's biblical. Notice what the text says in Habakkuk chapter 2, write the vision, make it plain, clearly articulate it, clearly define it, so that he who reads it may run with it. Vision inspires action. And it, it doesn't only inspire action, it inspires specific action. In fact, vision is directional. You know, it was Yogi Berra who said, if you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up somewhere else. And that's usually what happens in life. When we're not sure about our destination, we end up somewhere else. We find ourselves off course from what God intended and what God planned for our lives. And, and, and so Habakkuk is writing down God's response, uh, write the vision, make it plain, so he who sees it might run with it. And then he gives this sort of this uh, uh, caveat uh, to this instruction. He said, now, the vision is for an appointed time. Uh, let me borrow from my mocha princess who often says, and I quote, just as important as the promise of God is the timing of God. What, what Pastor Ray, uh, Wendy was saying is that the when is often just as important as the why. And, and so God is emphasizing this. He says, though the vision, he says the vision is for an appointed time, uh, though it tarry, even though it, it's not immediate, though it tarry, it will surely come to pass. Even though it's not immediate, the vision is inevitable. It will surely come to pass. And then in Proverbs 29, uh, the writer of Proverbs says uh, that without vision, the people cast off restraint. One translation says without vision, the people run amok. Uh, one more contemporary translation says that when our lives are void of vision, we run wild. Now, as you know, we've been in a season of fasting and prayer and, and we've really leaned into the Lord and just really asked God for clarity about what we should do now and what we should do next. We've really sought God for his wisdom. Remember, the psalmist said in Psalm 127, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. We don't want what we do. Listen, as a community of faith, as a body of believers to be an exercise in futility. So we want to we wanna be one-lap Christians. You say, what are you talking about, Pastor Ray? Listen, the, the children of Israel marched around the wilderness for 40 years because they didn't learn the lesson the first time. Listen, I don't want to take 40 laps. <laughs> I don't want to spend 40 years learning a single lesson. So we've been leaning into the Lord, asking him for clarity about uh, what the next steps are for Converge Church. And here they are. Number one, building teams. 
Like Pastor Ray, man, I thought you were going to give, give us something a little bit more weighty, something a little bit more profound. You know, John Maxwell, uh, one of the most celebrated uh, leadership coaches, leadership strategists, said it this way. One is too small a number to accomplish anything great. And, and, and during this season of prayer and fasting, uh, I, I believe Pastor Wendy and I already knew that this was necessary but we just weren't certain about the timing. And so beginning this year, we're developing a ministry training track for everyone who is a part of Converge Church who feels called to some type of vocational ministry. And we're going to formalize the process. I'm really excited about this. So going beyond just having a team of volunteers who come alongside us and serve the vision and advance the vision and extend the vision. We're going to develop leaders in-house with formal training, with structural training. It's going to be theological, but it's also going to be some leadership development. And again, here's why. One is too small a number to accomplish anything great. Uh, Pastor Wendy and I, uh, for the last 10 years, uh, man, by the grace of God, have had the awesome privilege of leading Converge Church. But it became evident to us that one of the gaps we had was this formal development of leaders. And so with this ministry growth track, it'll allow us to do just that. You know, I was praying and, and, and I was reminded of the story that I heard several years ago about this bricklayer who tried to do the job alone. It real, really drives home this Point this principle that one is too small a number to accomplish anything great because God never created anyone, whether you're a leader or not, to be an island unto yourself. We need each other. Notice this story about the bricklayer. It starts out with these words, dear sir, I am writing in response to your request for additional information for my insurance claim form. In block number three of the accident claim form, I wrote, trying to do the job alone as the cause of my accident. You said in your letter that I should explain that statement more fully. I trust the following details will be sufficient. I am a bricklayer by trade, and on the day of the accident, I was working alone on the roof of a new six-story building. When I completed my work, I discovered that I had about 500 pounds of brick left over. Rather than carrying the bricks down by hand, I decided to lower them in a barrel by using a pulley, which was attached to the side of the building at the sixth floor level. Securing the rope at ground level, I went up to the roof, swung the barrel out, and loaded the bricks into it. Then I went back to the ground and untied the rope, holding it tightly to ensure a slow descent of the 500 pounds of bricks. You will note in block number 22 of the claim form that my weight is 150 pounds. Due to my surprise at being jerked off the ground so suddenly, I lost my presence of mind and forgot to let go of the rope. Needless to say, I proceeded up the side of the building at a very rapid rate of speed. 
in the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming down. This explains my fractured skull and collarbone. Slowed only slightly, I continued my rapid ascent, not stopping until the fingers of my right hand were two knuckles deep into the pulley. By this time, I had regained my presence of mind and was able to hold tightly to the rope in spite of my pain. At approximately the same time, however, the barrel of bricks hit the ground and the bottom fell out of the barrel. Devoid of the weight of the bricks, the barrel then weighed approximately 50 pounds. I refer to you again the information in block 22 regarding my weight. As you might imagine, I began a rapid descent down the side of the building. Once again, in the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming up. This accounts for the fractured ankles and the laceration of my legs and lower body. This second encounter with the barrel slowed me enough to lessen my injuries when I fell onto the pile of bricks and fortunately, only three vertebrae were cracked. I am sorry to report that as I lay there on the bricks in pain, unable to stand, and watching the empty barrel six stories above me, I again lost my presence of mind and let go of the rope. The empty barrel weighed more than the rope, so it came down upon me and broke both of my legs. I hope I have furnished enough information sufficient to explain why trying to do the job alone was the stated cause of the accident. Sincerely, a bricklayer. Now, that's a pretty graphic story that emphasizes why you and I should never attempt to do the job alone. We should recognize that when God gives us a vision, the vision is too big, it's too grand for us to accomplish by ourselves. Simply put, simply put, no matter what you're pursuing, no matter what you're trying to build, no matter what you're going after, recognize, recognize that you need help. And our motivation for launching this ministry training initiative is to, number one, identify and then develop the leaders that are already in the house and give them the tools for them to serve even more effectively, even more efficiently, and with a greater level of excellence to the glory of God. You know, in Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 13, this idea of the bricklayer and trying to do the job alone and one being too great a number to, to, to uh, uh, one being too small a number to do anything great, uh, really, really drives home. Because in Exodus chapter 17, we find the Israelites uh, at war with the Amalekites. Notice verse number eight of Exodus chapter 17. 
The scripture declares, now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. What I find ironic is the fact that the word Rephidim, that name Rephidim, which is given to that place where they, this battle ensued, actually means resting place. It actually means resting place or resting places. And in the midst of this place of rest, Israel finds itself at war with their adversaries. I think there are times in our own lives when we hoped we could experience the rest of God and the peace of God. Because notice, they have just come out of another battle. They come to Rephidim hoping for some rest and some peace. And all of a sudden, they encounter another adversary. And, and so in Moses, Moses in verse 9 says to Joshua, choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Uh, tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and her went up to the top of the hill. Uh, two groups of leaders, different strategic positions. Joshua is engaging the enemy in the valley physically, but now Moses goes up to the top of the mountain, accompanied by Aaron and her, to engage the enemy spiritually. Notice that each one had their role and each one had their responsibility. Moses needs Joshua in the valley. But equally so, Joshua needs Moses on the mountaintop. One is too small a number to accomplish anything great. Listen, don't try to do the job alone. So the text picks up in verse number 11. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. As long as Moses had his hands lifted heavenward in surrender, the Hebrew word is yada, which means to extend the hand. As long as Moses had his hands lifted heavenward in surrender and submission to God, Israel prevailed. But notice what happened. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported him on one side, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Notice what was happening. Whenever he let his hands up, Israel prevailed. But whenever his hands grew weary, Amalek prevailed. Can I just give you this new news flash, this PSA announcement? For the leaders watching this broadcast, you can appreciate what's happening. Because no matter how strong you claim to be, without help, without good help, your hands will grow weary. God never designed you as a leader to carry the weight and the burden of leading your family, of leading your organization, of leading your church alone. And the same is true for Converge Church. And God has made it clear to me and Pastor Wendy that the season has come for us to raise up Joshua's, for us to raise up Aaron's, and for us to raise up hers. And we have had those people but all of them in a volunteer capacity. And God's saying, now I want you to invest in them 
and I want you to do it formally. And I want there to be structure to it because these are the men. These are the women that you are going to license and you're going to ordain because these are the men and women who will engage the enemy in the valley and some of them standing with you, one on one side and the other on the other, who will lift up your hands, who will lift up Pastor Wendy's hands like Aaron and her, so that your hands don't grow weary in the midst of the battle when Joshua is counting on you in the valley. And, and, and so one of our initiatives in 2021 and beyond is to develop our ministry training initiative where we're going to license and ordain ministers who are not only going to serve here at Converge Church, but I believe with all my heart that God is going to raise up so that he can release into the marketplace so that he can release into the public square. Yes, will some of them be called to full-time vocational ministry? Absolutely. But there are others of you who will go into the marketplace and into the public square with the gospel of Jesus Christ because you were equipped in the house of God. Notice what happened. Notice what happens in the text. Notice what happens in the text. That when Moses was assisted by Aaron and Hur, the first thing they did was they took a stone and put it under him so that he could sit on it. Every leader needs rest. Every leader needs to lead not from a place of panic and distress, but a place of rest and confidence. And, and so Aaron and Hur brought this stone and, and Moses sits on it. And not only that, they supported his hands. Notice they gave him something to sit on and then they supported his hands. And number three, the scripture says, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. What Moses was unable to do by himself, what Moses was unable to do in and of himself alone required a team. It required Aaron's and it required hers to come alongside him. And it required a Joshua who was faithful in the valley, who was saying, you know what, what I'm doing is in obscurity. Nobody sees it. Nobody takes notice. In fact, it's downright dangerous. It could be lethal. It could be deadly, but that's my part. You know, most people long for the glory of the mountaintop. Most people want to stand side by side with Moses. But what if, what if your part in the story of God is to be the one who engages the enemy in battle that no one gets to see because it's not as glorious as the mountaintop, but equally as important. And so the Lord began to deal with me and Pastor Wendy in this year to coincide with our 10th anniversary. We're going to formalize our leadership structure and we're going to bring some of our leaders into pastoral ministry side by side with Pastor Wendy and me. And we're going to take some of those leaders who have a call to ministry through our licensure and ordination process to develop the next generation of leaders who will help us advance the work that God has called us to do here at Converge Church. You know, I'm reminded of Warren Wiersbe who said that servants or servant leaders are divine resources 
meeting human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. I'll say that again. The leaders that we're going to develop, the Joshua's, Aaron's, and hers that we're going to develop, who will come side alongside me and Pastor Wendy and hold up our hands, they are divine resources. We recognize them as divine resources given by God. They are gifts given by God to the body. They are divine resource, resources, and they are meeting human needs. And they will be loving channels to the glory of God. And I'm super excited because in March, we'll begin this journey with a new set of leaders, new and old set of leaders who will be coming alongside us in a formal setting to grow and to go in Jesus' name. Vision Sunday 2021. Number two, number two, not just the team, not just the Joshua's and the Aaron's and the hers, but we're going to have a, a renewed emphasis on what we're calling our digital discipleship initiative. Our digital discipleship initiative where we're going to move our church from just one uh, touch point a week, which is the broadcast you're watching now. We're going to move beyond Sunday to Sunday ministry, and we're going to provide ongoing engagement, touch points throughout the week that will be available to our people when they need it. And we're going to leverage technology, and we're going to leverage social media to do it. Our digital discipleship initiative will move our church from social media to social media. Ministry, And this is why we embrace the challenge. And this is why we embrace this opportunity. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 52 in the message paraphrase. And these are the words of Jesus. And he, Jesus said, then you see how every student well trained in God's kingdom is like the owner of a general store who can put his hands on anything you need, old or new exactly when you need it. One, one of the things we say here at Converge is just because it's old doesn't mean it's obsolete. And just because it's new doesn't mean it's necessary. Listen, here at Converge, we embrace tradition, but we also embrace innovation. And that's what Jesus is saying here in Matthew 13 and verse 52, that God gives us the grace in every season, in every station, to put our hands on what is old and what is new exactly when we need it. And that is the motivation behind our digital discipleship initiative. We're going to go from social media to social ministry. Let me tell you why. Jesus said that we ought to leave the temple, leave the synagogue, go find them, in the highways and byways. Listen, uh, people often quote uh, uh, Field of Dreams. If you build it, they'll come. Jesus raises up the church to be evangelistic, not to wait until they come to us. The mandate is for us to go to them and to go where they are, where God's people are, those who are far away from God, the unchurched and the de-churched, so that our church and the church can grow organically, not through transfer growth, one church to another, but through conversion growth, reaching the lost at all costs. And that's why Jesus says, if you and I would follow him, he would make us fishers of men. And one of the ways he's going to make converged church fishers of men 
in 2021 and 2021 and beyond is through our digital discipleship initiative and the mission field, y'all. Listen to me, the mission field is social media. We're going to go from social media to social ministry. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Let me give you some stats. Let me give you some fascinating facts about this emerging mission field. 16 to 24-year-olds spend approximately, and this is an average, of three hours a day on social media. 16 to 24-year-olds. This is an average of three hours a day on social media. The average U.S. adult spends 38 minutes per day on Facebook alone. 55 to 64-year-olds Average time on social media is one hour and 13 minutes. 55 to 64-year-olds. Adults of ages between 25 and 34 use social media for two hours and 37 minutes minutes each day. 35 to 44-year-olds spend two hours and four minutes on social media. The average time spent on social media for people aged between 45 and 54 is one hour and 39 minutes. Millennials spend around two hours and 30 minutes on social media daily. Internet users spend an average of two hours and 22 minutes per day on social networking. And this stat is from 2019. The average daily time spent on social media in 2018, notice the trend, the average daily time spent on social media in 2018 was 142 minutes a day. In 2019, it was two hours and 22 minutes. By 2021, this is the projection, by 2021, more than 3 billion people are expected to be on social media. Projections for social media use estimates the average adult, this is in the near future, that the average adult will spend six years and eight months of their life on social media. Stop for a second and think about that. Six years and eight months of your life, of my life, potentially without discipline and focus, will be spent on social media. Facebook right now has 1.4 billion active users on a daily basis. Listen, 1.4 billion people on Facebook alone, active users. Talk about a mission field. Talk about a ministry opportunity. Talk about the fields being white unto harvest. And this is why we have to shift our thinking from just, uh, we're gonna use this to put a few announcements here. It must become a ministry tool that is strategic that is intentional, and that is deliberate. South America, this one blew my mind, South America and Africa lead the way with over three hours a day on social media. Europe, conversely, has the lowest social media consumption with less than two hours a day. So when we talk about going where people are, We're not asking anyone to change their habits. Well, I guess we are. We're asking them to scroll past their Bernie Sanders memes (laughs) long enough to engage 
in something meaningful. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited because leading this initiative are our very own Dexter and Andrea Jackson, who are our VFAM pastors, our E-Church pastors. And you heard that right? Pastors. I'm excited about it. We're going to formalize all of this uh, on anniversary weekend uh, on March 26th through the 28th. And they will be leading this initiative for us. So not only are we going to formalize what leadership looks like, not only are we going to be taking our leaders through licensure and ordination, we have a very deliberate and intentional social media strategy. Let me give you a glimpse of what that look like, looks like. A quick overview. Number one, our goal is to help people online find and follow Christ. We're going we're gonna to create environments. We're going to create spaces where people can find and follow Christ virtually. Uh, number two, uh, as we do this, we want to create an experience uh, where people, uh, uh, well, we want to create environments where people experience authentic community virtually. Yeah, virtually. Even though we may not be able to do it face-to-face -face and in person now, there are creative ways and technology affords us the ability to build community, to create community and authentic experiences online as we engage with each other. Number three, we want to see people mature. That means grow in their faith through discipleship so that they can fulfill their God-given purpose. Say this with me, Jesus. Ah, let's try that again. Right where you are, say Jesus, people, mm -hmm, purpose. And we believe that there is a convergence, an intersection of all three on social media, uh, where we help people develop, grow in their faith, ultimately so that they can fulfill their God-given purpose. So how are we going to do it? We're going to leverage Facebook groups, right? So we're not asking people to get off Facebook. If they're spending anywhere from two to three hours, man, we're going to go where they are. And we're going to give them meaningful content that's going to allow them to engage, that's going to allow them to connect, that's going to allow them to interact, but ultimately to grow and to live on mission. So we're going to leverage Facebook groups and our Facebook groups, our converged Facebook groups will be a place where our VFAM, our virtual family will engage and connect so that they can grow and go. Uh, we will launch this initiative in March of 2021. Uh, we're using the month of February to develop uh, uh, the structure for this. And, uh, and all of the systems are going to be in place. And on March 1, we're going to pull the trigger and launch our converged groups on Facebook's, uh, Facebook. And, and everything we do, listen, everything we do will align with our converged church vision, values, and our mission. And uh, we're super excited. It's going to be evangelistic, but we're also going to make disciples. Evangelistic means we're going to reach people who are far away from God, but then we're also going to disciple people who are already in Christ. We're going to go where the people are uh, for ministry to engage and to disciple them. So here's how we're going to do it. The content, the content is going to include 
learning units. So those people in those groups will have a curriculum that they can follow online. So we will have learning units. So it's not going to be random or haphazard. It's going to be structured. The learning units are. But we're also going to have an opportunity for live Facebook teaching and instruction that our leaders are going to provide. Pastor Wendy and I and some of our key leaders will be teaching some of these modules, Facebook Live, where you can engage with other people in community virtually. We're also going to provide surveys and polls and breakout rooms for small groups, all of this virtually. And we're going to do this uh, by providing these ministries to uh, Converge Her, our women's ministry, Converge Men, our men's ministry, Converge Young Adults, Converge Students, Converge Kids, and then we're going to have a separate Facebook group for everyone and anyone who is new to Converge Church that Pastor Wendy and I will personally lead. We are super excited. All of this kicks off in March of 2021, and it is part of our Vision 2021 and Beyond initiative. A third, third initiative we're kicking off this year, and I am super excited about this, and that is our Community Development Corporation, our CDC. So, Pastor Ray, what are you talking about? A Community Development Corporation is a nonprofit organization uh, that's created to support and revitalize communities, especially those that are impoverished or under served. Come on, somebody. That sounds a lot like the gospel to me. So our Community Development Corporation is a separate 501c3. We have Converge Church. That's a 501c3. Side by side with Converge Church is going to be our CDC that will give us an opportunity to serve our city and serve our world in more strategic, more meaningful ways than we've ever done. It's going to give us an opportunity to truly go beyond the four walls of Converge Church and become the hands and feet of Jesus extended to our community. In fact, much of what we do missionally in our city and globally is going to be driven through our Community Development Corporation. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about how CDCs work. CDCs are involved in a wide range of community services that meet local needs such as education, job training, healthcare, commercial development, and other social programs. Let me tell you a little bit about our CDC and what our focal point is going to be. We can't do it all. But our CDC is called, you ready for it? Drum roll, please. Feed Global. Feed Global. He said, Pastor, what are you talking about? Feed? What are you talking about? Feed what? Well, feed is an acrostic or an acronym for food security, education, and economic development. Those are three priority sectors that we're going to tap in. He said, Pastor Ray, listen, man, we live in Dallas. Uh, well, we live in Collin County, Pastor Ray. Man, food security, what are you talking about? And it wasn't until I started to do the research that I discovered right in Collin County, one of the most affluent communities in the DFW area, but in all of Texas. In fact, one of the most affluent communities in all of the United States. That 16 percent, 
of Collin County residents are food insecure. I'll say that again. 16, actually it's over 16%, about 16.8%. So almost 17% of the people that you live next to, your neighbors, some of them your friends, almost 17% of Collin County residents are food insecure. You have to look no longer, no further than our public schools, where during the quarantine, many families were desperate for assistance and they lined up every single day to get their school meals for their kids because that for many of them was the only meal they would receive. On the weekends, on Fridays, they got enough food to sustain them through the weekend. And that's happening right here where we live. You know, for the first five years, uh, actually for the first six years of our church, we partnered with Minnie's Food Pantry. I still remember having the conversation with, with Cheryl Jackson, who's the founder of Minnie's Food Pantry. And she said, everybody thought she was crazy when she started Minnie's Food Pantry. Because like, man, this is Plano. They see all these fancy cars, these people driving. Look at all these big houses. Look at, look at Legacy West and Legacy Town Center. Man, everybody got money, man. You ain't gonna, you're gonna, it's a waste of time. Figure out something else to do. And millions of meals later, people are still lining up at Minnie's Food Pantry. Just the other day, uh, uh, Levi's friend, his, his mom is a pediatrician, and, and she reached out to Pastor Wendy, and she said, listen, I'm collecting canned goods uh, for a food bank in Salina, and we emptied out our pantry to be a blessing to these families in need. In Salina, and when I say Salina, I mean just north of Prosper, where the lawns are pristine and the homes are made of brick. These are people who live all around us. And so, and so we're dreaming of how we could be a part of God's solution to the food security issue plaguing residents of Collin County. And so we're dreaming and we're praying about a food bank where we can distribute food. But not only that, community gardens, listen to me, community gardens where we can grow and produce fresh organic fruits and vegetables that we can use to serve our community in the food deserts that exist east of us. Are you listening to me? Food security. Number two, uh, we believe that God is guiding us, leading us, directing us to place some emphasis on education. And the kind of education we're going to focus on is STEM and the arts where many underserved communities don't have access to STEM training and STEM resources and STEM and arts opportunities. And we're going to be partnering with corporations. Uh, many of you in our church, your companies, uh, we're going to be partnering with you to make sure that young men and women who have a passion for the arts and who have a passion for STEM can have access, equal access and equity when it comes to STEM and the arts. And we're going to educate and empower these young men and women. And then we're also going to be tapping into some opportunities through economic development. With, with the CDC, it affords us an opportunity to go after grant dollars. It affords us to go after opportunity uh, for uh, uh, opportunities with sponsors that we typically wouldn't get as a religious entity, as a church. But listen, we still get to live out and fulfill the mandate of Converge Church, Jesus, 
people purpose. We just get to do it creatively through our CDC feed global. And here's why it's called feed global. Number one is because it's an acrostic, but we believe that God is giving our church a blueprint that will be deployed in other cities around the world. Because this year, we're not only launching Feed Global in Plano, we're also going to be launching Feed Liberia. Later this year, Pastor Wendy and the kids and I will be traveling to Liberia to establish Feed Liberia. And we believe that God is giving us a divine solution to a complex problem that exists not only in our city, but around our world. And that's what it looks like. When Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, he was saying, go into every man's world. That means the one who is food insecure, that one who doesn't have access to the sort of resources that will elevate their life to the next level, that one who has not been afforded opportunities to engage in commerce and economic development. We're going to be the kind of church that ministers to the whole man, not just to their spirit, and their soul, but also to their physical needs. And we're going to get to do it through Feed Global and Feed Liberia starting in 2021. I am super excited about this, but it's also scary because Pastor Wendy and I have never done anything like this before. But listen, John Gardner said, we plateau when we lose the tension between where we are and where we're supposed to be. And I think where we are right now as a church is a very exciting place because we haven't lost our tension. It's still tight. It's still taut between where we are right now and where God is calling us to be. And so we're going to formalize our leadership as we build teams and launch our licensure and ordination programs. We're, 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 we're going we're to uh, have a vibrant, uh, 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 a robust uh, online engagement. We're going to go where people are and we're going to do evangelism online through our digital discipleship initiative. We're going to shift from social media to social ministry. And man, I'm super excited about our CDC, our Community Development Corporation, Feed Global. Notice our tagline, empowering human possibilities. <laughs> empowering human possibilities. You know, Ralph Waldo Emerson said it best. He said, every man has a greater possibility. That means you on the other side of this screen watching this broadcast, you have a greater possibility in Christ. And by the grace of God, we want to be the kind of church who are intentional of helping people actualize their greater possibilities in Christ by first of all, giving them Jesus. Number two, by loving people without hypocrisy, genuinely, and pointing them to their God-ordained purpose. And that is our mission and our mandate for 2021. Fourth and finally, Pastor Ray, what about in-person gatherings? Listen, we're going to err on the side of caution. And we're going to continue to make your safety and the safety of our church our highest priority. We're keeping our eyes on what's happening uh, with the virus, what's happening with the vaccines, what's happening with the vaccinations, what's happening with the curve and the spread. And when it's safe, when it's safe, we will gather again corporately, uh, observing all the necessary protocols. In the interim, we're going to leverage technology. We're still going to gather 
every single Sunday online, and we're going to engage and build com community through our Facebook groups and provide relevant content as we make disciples. But pray with Pastor Wendy and me, because our bold, audacious goal, as we keep one eye on the pandemic and another eye on the opportunities that will present by the grace of God, is to be in a facility that we can call our own, where we don't have to set up or tear down, uh, where we don't have to reset, where we don't have to load in and load out, where we can walk in and simply plug and play. Keep that in prayer before the Lord. Join us as we pray for facilities and specifically the timeline of September 2021. That's our bold, audacious goal, that God will do a notable miracle for our church. And this is what we're praying. Number one, this space, this facility will be strategically located. That mean, it means it'll be highly visible and easily accessible. That means people will be able to see it and they'll be able to get to it. Number two, listen, it's going to be affordable. That means it's going to be within budget or it's going to be free. Somebody just might want to open up their space and say, you know what? I'm going to bless you. And that's what the scripture says in Proverbs 10 and 22, that the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and he adds no sorrow with it. The New Living Translation says he adds no painful toil with it. That's what we're praying. That's what we've been praying over the last 21 days during our time, our season of prayer and fasting. And number three, we're praying that this space will be large enough to meet all of our current and future ministry needs, even for growth and expansion. So pray with us. Let's ask God together, number four, for a space that we can call home, Converge Church, that will allow us to do all the things we just discussed, build teams, raise up leaders, license and ordain those who are called to full-time or even part-time vocational ministry. Number two, an effective digital discipleship initiative where we move from social media to social ministry. Number three, our Community Development Corporation. I'm extremely excited. It will allow us to put some, some, some skin, man, into our communities in new and unique ways as we empower human possibilities. Come on, somebody, that sounds like Jesus. And fourth and finally, a space that we can call our own. And this is what we know. 2021 is our banner year. This year will be marked by strong successes, fruitfulness, productivity, and possibilities, and profitability. So let's pray now as we close. Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name. Lord, your word declares, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. So, Father, we ask you now, just as you've entrusted this vision to us, to make us faithful stewards over what you've entrusted to us. God, give us the grace to do it, to do it faithfully, to do it effectively and efficiently. Lord, I thank you for the resources, both human and financial. Lord, we thank you for the resources, both human and material. And, Lord, we thank you that as we step out in faith, and in obedience, God, you will meet us at the place of our trust and our obedience. 
and our surrender to you. We commit all that will happen this year to you. And we thank you, God, for blessing our efforts and the work of our hands as we posture our hearts to reach more people and represent Christ. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, pray with us, stand with us. Uh, we're excited about what's next. Our announcer is coming to tell you a little bit more about how you can stay connected with your Converge family. We love you. We'll see you right here next week as we kick off a brand new sermon series on marriage and relationships called This Is Us. And we're going to be helping you uh, map out, discover, flesh out what Christ-centered relationship family looks like from Colossians chapter 3. God bless you. We'll see you next week. If you were impacted by today's message, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some information to help you kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you want more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at info at weareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com give. You can also text 77977, type in Converge Give and the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.